Guys of a Certain Age is brought to you by no one. Absolutely no one. Except these dudes walking down memory lane. Now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next. We are back with another almost award-winning episode of Guys of a Certain Age. This is a special episode. Art's going to tell us why it's special later. More special than we normally are, right? I mean, we're, we're kind of special. Robbie Koblenz in studio alongside my special friends. Art Shirley and Jay Reed, a special <laughs> friend. Wow. Uh, you are a grape. So how are you guys doing? Other than melting. Other than melting, okay. Yeah, we've, we've all talked about the uh, lack mm-hmm. of capacity of air conditioners and how it's just that time of year. So, you know, Art, Art and I are having a good week so far. I mean, I don't want to uh, jinx anything it. that I already. Yeah. yeah. You jinxed it. Yeah. We are having a good week, and I'm just happy for every every moment. That's right. So, the Ole Miss Rebels are trying to follow in the footsteps of the Mississippi State Bulldogs and trying to win the College World Series this year. It is cool that there are two Mississippi teams back-to-back that have gone this far, yeah. but – as we record this, Ole Miss lost to uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks yeah. last night, forcing a decisive winner-take-all. I think it's technically game 11 in the College World Series. The winner of this game faces the Oklahoma Sooners yeah. in the finals of the College mm-hmm. World yeah. Series. So by the time this airs. the Yeah, and I just don't think anybody can beat Oklahoma. So. I, I don't know that we'll get past Arkansas. Although I was I was happy with what we did last night. I would have you know mm-hmm. I would have preferred we didn't strand three runners <laughs> I, at the end. For the record, I've told all my Ole Miss friends that if you have if you have any chance, go to Omaha, and nobody's taking me up on it. Well, you said if we got to the final thing, right? Well, I I think you should go. Period. I mean, just go for a couple of games. Yeah. Omaha uh, for College World Series is great. They, Omaha. They they do thank you thank you Peyton, uh, they do a great job up there. It's a lot of fun. That's a great stadium. If you like baseball, it's a great place yeah. to go. So and they've got a great zoo. They've got a world class zoo. Wow. Now wait a minute. Now you have me interested. Yeah. <laughs> Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. There you go. Oh my gosh! I never made the connection. Did you not make the connection? Do you get to ride in a helicopter while somebody sends you in to wrestle the alligator? No, you As don't. As I watch from the helicopter, Jeff will <laughs> no. wrestle the large anaconda. Oh, fortunately. He has mutual Omaha insurance, <laughs> and his next of kin will be well taken care of. But mutual of Omaha, based in Omaha, Nebraska, along with you know Mr. Uh, Brookshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett. Oh. He's also known as the Oracle of Omaha. Mm-hmm. So, the wow. Oracle. I'd put all that together. Wow, anyway. this has been brought to you by the Omaha Chamber of Commerce. Do we get any money? Do we get any money for this? No, we don't. We don't. But if you do go, go to the Drover and get the whiskey fillet. I would highly recommend it. I wouldn't go back. But yeah, the whiskey fillet was good. How are we doing okay. on the shots? Huh? How are we doing on the jello? I haven't shots? seen the current total. It's totals. Mm-hmm. Last, last time Arkansas I saw was winning yeah. soundly. Last time I so saw there's Arkansas. A, yeah. yeah. So there's a bar I think in downtown Omaha that uh, does a running tally of it's folks. Actually a pizza place, I think. Is it a pizza yeah, place with a bar? Yeah. So they do jello shots, and yeah. you have eight teams who make Omaha for the College World Series, and each fans of a team will buy a jello shot. State set the record last year, four thousand plus, about a lot of cheap gelatin with alcohol in it. 
Uh, but I think it's between Arkansas and Ole Miss this year to claim the record. Yeah. As I understand, an Arkansas fan bought the bar out one afternoon. <laughs> oh, so really? Could, so they could add to. I mean, man, it's that Walmart and Tyson money I'm talking about. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And they've got, I mean, can you imagine how much they're making? If there's, I think somebody said they sell those shots at four fifty a piece. Yeah, wow. exactly. And it's just bulk jello and cheap vodka. I mean, but but apparently there there's the the stadium's not as filled as it was last year. Um, I mean, man, gas prices are so expensive. That's an expensive trip yeah. from Mississippi to, mm, to, yeah. to Nebraska. So anyway, anyway that's, well, that's we, how we're doing. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So let's get from mainstream things to geek things. So let's do some geeks of the week. Uh, Jay, what you got this week? I have a graphic novel. This is just, this is going to be another me putting myself in the hot seat of, of, uh, silliness, but, um, the hot, hot seat, seat of, of silliness. silliness. We have a new we segment. We have a new segment. <laughs> Jay's hot seat of silliness is brought to you by Whammo. Yeah, because I'm sure you uh, both already knew this, but I was in uh, up in Jackson, Tennessee, a few weeks ago, and my uh, the ladies that I was shopping with went to buy a wedding mother-in-law dress or something like that grandmother dress and These i was are not relatives of yours right? yes you i wasn't just... it was my it was my mother-in-law <laughs> looking for her dress for lauren's wedding which was a couple of weeks ago a week okay. and a half ago and i had i wanted nothing to do with that thankfully there was a books a million next with door. the dress or your mother with the shopping of, okay. for the dress let's right. be very clear yeah um so i went to books a million of course they had a cart outside you know with the clearance stuff on it so yeah. there was a bunch of graphic not a lot of marvel so graphic novels was on this the cart. was this true a true books a million or yep. was it a books a thousand that books a it thousand still like a, we had in columbus right yeah it was, well whatever it was it was that was what was on the wall so i was flipping through and you know they were all on sale and so i found a, a black widow um Web of Intrigue is the name of it's it. It's a graphic novel, not the, not the, not the spider. spider. <laughs> right, right. Uh, the graphic novel called Web of Intrigue. And so it's it kind of goes, I don't know when it was written exactly, but it has a lot of the old style sort of drawing in it. Uh-huh. But what caught my attention. They were photographed from cave paintings. <laughs> what drew my attention was one of the writers who was Ralph Macchio. And I oh. thought, wow, I didn't know the Karate Kid. <laughs> Different was Ralph. a comic guy, and they must have just drawn, brought him in, you know, as this kind of a special thing to write the story because he's a creative, and people, you know, mm-hmm. creatives can be involved in different things as we show here every week. Um, but turns out it's not the same no. Ralph Macchio. Machio. I finally Googled him, Machio, 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 Machio. yeah, so, Machio, Machio man. So I ended, ended up Googling it later and realized it's not the same. Yeah, guy. I've seen pictures, uh, like some of the uh, social media stuff, people will pick. Uh, post pictures from years ago and you see these folks and, you, and you, I go Ralph Macchio I don't even see him in the picture and then <laughs> down in the comments I said for those of you who are wondering no it's a different Ralph Macchio yeah so but I mean it was a, it was very interesting graphic novel for what it was I mean just to kind of get some of the backstory with Black Widow and um, and every there was like maybe four major stories in it yeah and, and all were in different um, sort of genres of art so it was cool to okay. see they were in Different genres of you of me, uh, yeah. as he points to me. Now it was a uh, it was a PG thirteen comic. I didn't see that till I got home with it. Right on the right. back on the yeah. back it had. I a, swear like a, I read it for the article. Like a parental <laughs> warning on the back. I'm like, good thing okay. you're over thirteen. That's yeah. right. Did right. they card you? <laughs> not at Books a Million. No, <laughs> no, of course not. So, no. but anyway, that was just my. I, I thought it was funny that I thought I was getting a 
a Karate, karate Kid thing. written uh, Black Widow aversion therapy game. from shopping. So it was yeah. not. Yeah, but it was. There was definitely a lot better than wedding dress shopping. Well, <laughs> exactly. PG thirteen or otherwise. What you got for us this week, Art? Uh, is it as riveting as as? It is bull- not nearly as riveting. That as was that. a great story. Yeah, that was a good story. Um, Elvis. Presley. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, that's pretty good, Robbie. Yeah. Not actually confu- Robbie. Not, not to be confused with my new hound dog named Elvis right. at the house. That's right. Anyway, the movie about Elvis Presley comes out tomorrow, I think. As uh, we record. As we record. Yeah. And Elvis was born and spent his early childhood, or I think until he was about 13, in Tupelo, which is just down the road from us. It's about a, at, Technically hour. up the road. Up the road. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, if you're heading north. But uh, unless you're doing altitude kind of stuff, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Elvis used to hang out in West Point, so I I understood. Oh, did he really? He would come to down okay. to West Point, try to you know hit on people, and then boyfriends would beat him up and send him back to Tupelo. Is oh. the story I always heard. Okay, about. I haven't anyway. heard that. Well, anyway, anyway, Baz Luhrmann's uh, two and a half hour at this point biopic. I always want to call it a biopic. Uh, on Elvis, uh, debuts tomorrow as we record, uh, June 25th, and uh, stars uh, Austin Butler as Elvis and Tom Hanks as Colonel, Colonel Tom Parker. Parker. Tom Parker. Yeah. Colonel Tom Parker. Was yeah. he really a colonel? I don't think so. I think that was just kind of an honorary title. Yeah, gotcha. um, But um, Baz Luhrmann is saying he's got a four-hour cut of it. <laughs> of course he does. That, uh, you know, Peter Jackson said, can you add more to that? That's not really enough. But... Uh, so I keep wondering if that's going to appear somewhere. He said there was there were things he wished he didn't have to cut out, but he wanted to get down to two and a half hours. And so, you know, I I wonder if directors now are starting to think rather than just really get rid of this, let's keep this cut, and then perhaps somebody on HBO Max or mm-hmm. you know whatever may want to do it as a two hour installment or whoops. You know. I I think that that compromises storytelling to an extent. Which one? To, you know, by, to have by, the, yeah, by to saying, plan on to plan on doing yeah. that. Yeah, I just feel like you you may have your your cut and then you may do your your edited version of it. And see it, but because uh, we see that all the time, there's extended versions. You see that a lot with, uh, of course, we Peter Jackson did have you know, <sighs> very much extended versions of all his uh, Hobbit stuff, yeah, the Snyder Lord cut the stuff. Yeah, Snyder cut. Um, or you go back to Blade Runner. Blade Runner, so all we, all these different versions of that that Superman, came out over the years. One and two, yeah. Star a, Trek, the motion picture. Yeah, they always have it. But usually they're just like ten or fifteen minutes that they're adding to it. You know, there's something mm-hmm. you go, what, what, where did they add to it? Well, you know, <laughs> Spock looks over at Kirk for you know two more, three more seconds before we got the the Snyder cut. Really did flesh out Justice League quite. Yeah, a bit. and that's the one that makes me think: Are people starting to? Okay, well, I'll keep this because there may be an opportunity for this to show up later somewhere. Anyway, I thought it was interesting. Um, anybody planning to go see Elvis? Uh, I'd like to. My no. mom is a big Elvis fan. So yeah. He's he's left the building for me. <laughs> that would go. definitely be one I'd want to see. Awkward I, silence. Yeah, I, well, I, I thought I'd probably want to see it when it came to Netflix or maybe even rent it. But uh, I think Becky wants to see it, so I'm we may just, go see it. I'm just not... I'm not a big Elvis fan. Yeah, I, I like Elvis a lot. I really, and I, you know, um, but I, I don't know. They're just it's, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to have the impressionist. I mean, the impersonators rather, and then another movie with somebody who, you know, just not quite Elvis is is not something. But I think it'll be a good movie. Possible, and it's been blessed by. Priscilla. Well, of course, that's all that matters. Yeah. Boz Lorman's an interacting director. Mm-hmm. Inter- interacting. Oh. Interacting. 
It's been one of those days. Interesting director. So I'm just, I don't know that I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. So, but anyway. Okay. What else has he done? Oh, he didn't do Chicago. What else did Boz Lorman do? Is it Moulin Rouge? He did Moulin Rouge. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking too. Kitchi, kitchi, goo, 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 gaga, gaga, whatever. Moulin Rouge. Wasn't that Lady Gaga who did that? Yeah. Was it that's Lady, Lady Marmalade? Lady Marmalade, whatever. Lady somebody. Lady Harley Quinn or whatever. So. Okay. I think we've lost Robbie. Yeah, okay. I'm gone. I'm gone. So, But I may come back for this geek. So remember how much joy the Star Wars action action figures brought to you as you you got them on christmas or for your birthday that blister pack and you had the uh the 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 character close up on the side there so i was a big star wars action figure fan back when it was done by kenner hasbro brought that license well the finale of obi-wan kenobi dropped uh, the night before as we're recording this and hasbro has announced from uh, their their vintage collection line They've got a Obi-Wan, uh, the Kaji station, or how you pronounce it, his his look on the initial part of the uh, of the miniseries. Oh. So yeah. it's a it's a three action figure um, uh, pack. And if you guys recall sometimes what, what Kenner would do is they would get the popular action figure, then the action figures that weren't selling very well, they would throw in there with them. So yeah. So now, so he's got who? Oh, so you've got Tika, Tika, who was the Jawa at the beginning of Kenobi Episode One, uh huh. And then you've got what they're calling the Purge Trooper, which is the black star, the uh, black stormtrooper that uh, I think it was in Episode Five. Okay. So, so you've got a Jawa and a stormtrooper with Obi Wan Kenobi. Okay. So, and it was kind of funny because the Purge Trooper looks a lot like. Uh, some of the robots from the black hole, which I inadvertently hit play on when I was trying, because I haven't watched all the black hole yet, but there's a black uh, robot that looks a lot like the Purge Trooper. It's pretty hilarious. Okay. So, but anyway, there you go. Hasbro is making money again. You've seen the black hole though, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. I, you talk about a movie that would be ripe for uh, uh, retconning, redoing, whatever. Mm-hmm. That it's a great movie. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree. Last Starfighter, Black Hole, both of those are movies I could see that might be really yeah. nice to redo. Yeah. Did you ever see the Black Hole, Jay? I don't think so. It's good. It's on Disney. Disney seventy eight, seventy nine, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's but it's a it's a, and obviously created by Disney as as a you know uh, grab at some of the Star Wars money, but it's really good. I mean, it is. It's, it's very good. Um, very different feel from Star Wars. It's not very Disney-esque. No, it's, uh, it's very dark. Really, it's dark and creepy. Not the boys dark, but no, <laughs> no, no. Uh, it would be like if Alien and Star Wars had a baby. Yeah. That's probably a pretty good way and to Disney put it. Disney was the midwife. <laughs> Okay. Wow. Walt Disney was the good old Walt. Good old Walt. So, all right, we're going to uh, jump to the other side of the break where uh, Jay and I are not present. Uh, our, yeah, I had to go all the way to Minnesota to get rid of these guys. Yeah, so, so to Minnesota and led a podcasting workshop, which we <laughs> I told him, all right, so everything I've learned from guys of a certain age, we're going to do something different. <laughs> so we did some talk about preparation and you know actually planning ahead and you know, but. Um, Anyway, but I did say, and one thing I think is important is, you know, if you decide to do it, make sure it's something you want to do for a while because we've done this for two hundred ninety episodes. This is episode I think one eighty three, one eighty four, and above all else, you know, make yourself happy with it 
and have fun with it. So I think that's something that we have, have done. And we're all still talking. And we're all yeah. still talking. Yeah. yeah. We can't all shut All the mic. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, guy, George Abod uh, joined us at, on the other side of the break. George has been here a couple of times before. This is his third appearance yeah, on the I podcast. I think we have to get him a robe or something afterwards. You know, <laughs> maybe a complimentary cup. I, he, he, he's the alternate to the, he's the alternate yeah. guy. And he's also a guy that's a few months, I mean, no, a few weeks older than I am. So it's nice to have And Tom Cruise. That, and a little Tom bit Cruise. That's yeah. right. But we're going to talk about vinyl records and some of the uh, the problems with those up next and we're back and this time we're coming to you from a very remote location Jay and Robbie are not here but uh, we have honorary guy George Abide with us and this is your third time on the show it is I'm beginning to feel like somewhat of a regular thanks yeah, for having me you'll have back. to start paying dues I think yeah. is what the deal is or get but, death uh, and disability yeah. is, we're, we're is in George's home in Golden Valley Minnesota suburb of Minneapolis I'm up here to lead a podcast workshop and basically we're going to use guys as what not to do so uh, we'll do that <laughs> but uh Anyway, George has, has welcomed me into his home, and so we're glad to be here. We thought while we're here, why not, as a practice run, record an episode of Guys? And so uh, I'm sorry Jay and Robbie aren't here to, to join us for this, and, uh, but, we'll, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be glad to have you back on again sometime. Maybe, maybe you can actually meet Jay in person Yeah, it would be great. I'm beginning to wonder if Jay actually exists. Jay, uh, we wonder that too. Sorry, yeah. Mrs. Reed. <laughs> So what are we going to talk about, George? You know, I just want to let everyone up because the last two times I was on the show were food related. That right. there is a me outside of the food me. Uh, and that I am a guy of a certain age. I think I would actually be the oldest of the four of us if we were to get together. Yeah, so, that's right. Uh, Even if we didn't get together, you'd still be yeah. the four of us. So, of you know, fours. Art, you would just be by very month, close maybe, in age to yeah. me that maybe we could get together and be crotchety old guys. Yeah, and that's right. About you know, things that we used to have yeah. that were kind of a pain yeah. that, that kids, these kids, kids today, today, they love it. And that'd be vinyl, vinyl albums, vinyl, yeah, record vinyl albums. albums. You know, my son loves vinyl. Which one? He, my youngest, uh-huh. Bennett. Yeah, and, okay. and he talks about loving vinyl. And I'm thinking, man, you don't understand what it was like yeah. when vinyl was the only way we could listen to music. Yeah, and Will collects vinyl, has a you know turntable and, and all that. And he does that. I don't think Drew's gotten into it yet, but Will definitely does. And, you know, sometimes I'll see albums show up in his collection and say, we have this at home, you know. Yeah. So, So I mean, I would think a, a trip down memory lane to really explore what it was like when vinyl was the only way we had to, to listen. Yeah. I mean, you know, even pre-cassette tapes were out, but they really hadn't advanced to the mm-hmm. quality level. You know, vinyl was it. And yeah. people rave about the quality of vinyl. And I... After yeah. you played an now, album one time, it was never that good again. Now, true audiophiles would have a reel-to-reel set up yeah you know but yeah. i don't know anybody did you know anybody that actually bought music and listened to it on a reel-to-reel setup no i mean my older brother had a reel-to-reel but yeah. he strictly recorded stuff that's what yeah we had little um in fact uh recently rediscovered some some old recordings but had a little you know portable reel-to-reel deck that looked like what they would use on mission impossible yeah. you know that yeah. uh, jim phelps would get his assignments on before it blew up and that may have been what happened to mine actually after a while it blew up but yeah, nobody was listening to it. So it was all vinyl. Yeah, it was all vinyl. Either a forty-five for yeah. if you were buying a single song or an album. Which and forty-five refers to the RPM, the revolutions per minute. Yes. So it was spinning slower than the 
No, it's spinning faster right. because, because there's the 45. Albums yeah, were 33, 33 and a third. And a third. Now right, the yeah. old old records were, were 78. 78. And yeah. we had a few of those we kicking have a few around of those my too. house, mm-hmm. and they were terrible. And they must have had some sort of machine because they had recorded onto a 78 disc. Oh, really? And I'd love to find them now because you know some of the only recorded sounds of my grandparents and stuff oh, would wow. be on that well, on a 78 disc. And they were these really. Uh, Cracking, waxy, yellow yeah. things. And Speaking I of wax, we like. should dispel the rumors that we actually had wax cylinders no, at one point. That, we did we're not, not have quite that, that not certain quite that old. Yeah. But back to vinyl. You know, we had a certain ritual of playing a vinyl album. Yeah. Uh, probably more so than forty fives. I didn't play a lot of forty fives. It was yeah. mainly albums that we would play. Right. And forty fives would be a single. Yep. You had an A side and a B side, and. uh and the A side was usually the hit, and the B side was usually filler. Now, of course, you sometimes had double A sides in case of Beatles albums or whatever. But yeah. 45s were with the way you bought a single or a B side that became a surprise hit. Right after yeah. the release. Yeah. Uh-huh. But in the most cases, I recall buying albums, which right. was no small feat. You know, I think back in the early seven or mid seventies when I was in junior high, high yeah. school age, an album was about seven dollars. Yeah. Now. If you do the correction for inflation, that would be about $35. That's hard to believe it was that much money. And so for a high school guy. And that we ever bought an album if it was that much money. To drop 35, the equivalent in today's dollars of $35 on an album, you got to think about it. And so if there was one song that you liked, um, you know, you would make a request with the radio station, play it. Yeah. And once you had a cassette recorder, you know, I can remember recording songs off the radio. Yeah. And WZZQ and Jackson would play full albums yeah. uninterrupted. And uh-huh. we would record those as a cheap way of yeah. getting an album that we didn't want to drop the, the coin for. Yeah, right. Or at least to hear the whole album first. Yeah. You know, you'd record it, you'd have it, and then you'd go, is this worth actually owning? Because sometimes you would get an album based on a hit and the rest of the album would not be very good. Yeah. And then once you got it and played it for that first time, you know, every time you played it, it would wear and the sound would get a little fuzzier, a little bit less uh, crisp. But before you played an album, there was a whole ritual of of cleaning. So you 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 had your turntable and every turntable had to have a stylus, which was purchased separately and and you would kind of upgrade. So it was Uh another one of those things that you would save up money for. So cleaning the album and cleaning the stylus were both very important parts of the the pre-play ritual. And I had a thing called a disc washer. You yeah. probably oh, yeah. had one yeah. too, which was a work of art. You know, it, it, it was a, a very nice looking uh, piece of accessory there. Yeah. Yeah. Cleaning device for albums. It uh-huh. was a, I think it was walnut. You know, it was a uh-huh. wooden handle yeah. with kind of a pad on one side that was black. And it was like a velvety yes. material. Uh-huh. And then the handle was hollow. And right. inside the hollow of the handle, you stored the cleaning fluid. The cleaning fluid, which right. Which came in a really heavy plastic red bottle yep. with a flip top that you would apply a little bead of cleaning fluid to the pad. Right. And then while the Not turntable... Not to the album. No, yep. no. While the turntable was spinning, you would use that velvety surface to, uh-huh. to clean any And George is, George is rotating his wrist yes. because that's what you would do. You would start, and as the album did, you, you kind of you turned the... Uh, the pad up so that you were exposing a, a clean surface as the as the vinyl record turned. And if you were the host playing the album, you know you would be judged by all the others there on your technique of how oh, yeah. you used the disc yeah. wide. There was a right way, and uh-huh. then every other way was certainly the wrong way. And everyone's right way was a little bit different. But you had to display that you had the ability to properly clean your album. Yeah. 
And then you had, there was a separate device also made by the dishwasher. It, it was included, company. wasn't it? Or was it a separate piece that Maybe you bought? It was I think included. it was a kit that you usually got. But it was a smaller, again, made out of largely wood. Mm-hmm. And there was a little extension. And on one side of the extension was, it was like very dense bristles is yeah. what I remember uh-huh. it being. And you would use those bristles to kind of gently uh, brush uh-huh. the bottom of that diamond-tipped stylus that yeah. would actually ride on the surface of the album. Right. And the other side, you flip it over, and there was a mirror. A mirror, and right. And you could kind of yeah. look to see if uh-huh. was there a big glob of dust on the, yeah. the the needle. So you would you would clean the record, you would clean the needle, and then you were ready yeah. to play. Yeah. So when you when we brought the albums home, you know you and and usually like you said thirty five dollars, you went and got an album. You did not necessarily get several unless you had like you know Christmas money or yeah. birthday money or yeah. whatever to spend on it. You might buy a few, but uh, yeah, the album artwork we may have talked about this some um, uh, was you know you've got something that's basically a twelve by twelve inch square, and sometimes uh, you sometimes it was just a single sleeve front and back printed uh usually you would have uh the the cheaper albums you only had a paper liner that the album itself is in that when you pulled it out it's sitting in there uh you know better albums would sometimes have lyrics printed on those they'd be a much more substantial stock you know like a a very heavy nice paper uh you had other albums that even if they weren't a double album they'd be a gatefold album so you'd open those up and you know sergeant peppers is one of the ones that uh, first did that where you had a gatefold open lyrics. I think it was one of the, if not the first, it was one of the first, I, I really think it was the first album that had lyrics included and it came with a whole bunch of, you know, fun stuff. Yeah. You know? I mean, these were, these album covers were works of art. And oh, absolutely. Many, they yeah. became iconic in, um, you know, Queen night at the opera, that You're cover right. of that, yeah. and, or some of the Led Zeppelins are like, they occasionally there'd even be a poster. Oh yeah. And, and oh yeah. Put it up on your wall. Yeah. But um, it was truly an experience, mm-hmm. and and certainly we remember the good things. But there were also a lot of it was a pain in the neck because yeah. First of all, they were physically large. You know, you don't think one album is is that big, but when you collect it over the course of a oh, few yeah. years, you, know, you could fill a couple of milk crates, and so or peaches boxes. Yeah, peaches crates. Yeah, the yeah. only way you could take your music somewhere was to carry this crate. Oh, yeah. of vinyl albums yeah. with you. Uh huh. Um, and then you also had to carry all your gear. You yeah, know, your speakers, That's right. and your amp, and your uh-huh. turntable. And yeah, all if, the you wire were, if you were if you were going if you were going to play, we talked about this off mic. If you were going to be in charge of the music for a dance, like when we were uh, junior high and high school, you'd go to a a dance at the Garden Club in Leland. And there was a guy there who had a pretty professional PA system, but he's got to bring his turntable with him. And this is before the DJ days where you'd have two turntables and a microphone, you know. So he would be playing that basically on the stereo that was in his bedroom at home normally. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, in later days, you could make a mixtape on a cassette. Yeah. Um, uh huh. But it, it, in, when we were certainly junior high, early high school age, yeah. it, we were still changing records. You know, there'd be a oh, little yeah. bit of a gap in between uh-huh. songs where you'd figure out, you know, work up the courage to ask someone to dance. Yeah, that's right. Be utterly rejected. As uh- <laughs> but um, right. it was really a, a physically demanding thing to yeah. take your music someplace. I, I, in trying to explain what it was like to my children, 
you know, when they were in kind of middle school years, they would have LAN parties. You know, yeah. computers were still really big. Monitors were CRTs. Yeah. And, you know, one guy would host a, kind of an overnight party where they would play computer games and literally have to connect their computers physically with wire. Yeah. And, you know, they're loading in the back of their car a CRT and mm-hmm. their computer tower. So LAN is in local area network yeah. party? Okay. Yeah, and they would say have LAN parties and all these, they would be in somebody's garage or yeah. the, the basement. And they would connect their computers together to, to video games. Uh-huh. And that's kind of, that effort, that level of effort is what we had to do just to listen to music somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, and then certainly vinyl would wear over yeah. time. You know, uh-huh. the sound would get fuzzier or you'd get a scratch on it and the song may stick. And it oh, would yeah. just repeat itself yeah. again and again until you tapped the tone arm to yeah. get it to go to the next. Right. You know, th- that whole memory of songs getting stuck and repeating themselves is just kind of being lost from oh, yeah. culture because well, it doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. And you would have an album that you knew had a, a scratch in it and a skip and you would just sit there and go, Oh, and, that, and sometimes that's the way you remember that particular song. If you hear it on the radio, you go, okay, it's kind of strange that I don't hear this. <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, if you're, if you listen to, uh, if you're subscribers to Sirius XM, they've got a classic vinyl. And, um, uh, one of the things they do is uh, between songs they will play uh, the the needle noise between songs, so it's like as you go into yeah. the next song, and um, so uh, you know that was part of it too. And so you know, purists would go, "Well, you, you you want that needle noise gone." Then after CDs came in, they said, "Well, CDs don't have the warmth of vinyl, so there wasn't quite the." The sound that they wanted for CDs tended to be cold and, and mixed so that they had a little bit less presence than the vinyl did. And it's because you had some of that noise in there. Yeah. But you know, the first time I ever saw a CD, it yeah. was like a miracle thing. I oh, mean, yeah. We were at the Greenville Mall. Uh-huh. There was an audio store there and they were selling CD players. Yeah. And the salesman took a CD, threw it on the floor and stepped on it. And yeah. we're just horrified because you could never do that with a yeah. vinyl And you album. really couldn't do it with CDs. I mean, you could do it, but I mean, people found out, oh, that wasn't a good idea either. But compared to a, what would have happened to a vinyl album. Oh, yeah. And then he put yeah. the CD in and there was no scratches, there were no skips, and we were like, yeah. wow, this is the future. Yeah. And uh, I was I was sold in me. It was like, I got to do whatever it takes to get one of these yeah. CD things. Mm-hmm. and Much uh, more portable, something yeah. you could put in your car. You, you ended up with uh, disc changers in your car, so you could actually have, you know, five to six albums playing, you yeah. know, lined up and playing. Also, you didn't have to turn the CD over. We didn't mention that with a vinyl record. You had an A and a B side, as you did with a single, and you had to turn the album over. So... And part of the culture and, and the experience of listening to an album kind of became you knew when that side ended and what oh, yeah. song started the yeah. second side mm-hmm. and which was the A side and which was the B side. And uh-huh. I think artists were very um, mindful about yeah. the order and what songs they put. You know, an Some album of them were, certainly. A, yeah. A, so the album was an experience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because you had, you know, you had the idea of the concept album where a story was told over the you know, 12 tracks, 10 to yeah, 12 tracks Pink on an Floyd, album. The Wall is probably yeah. the one that stands yeah. out to and, me the most. Yeah, absolutely. That's a double album set. Um, and then, you know, there, of course, The Dark Side of the Moon, too, was, the, you know, was, was also a, a concept yeah. album. But um, I think that's one of the ones that uh, Kate Cephalou used to sneak in, <laughs> sneak in the money song with all its inappropriate language, or at yeah. least one, one word anyway. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so it was, but it was definitely 
I guess it was, you know, had its own reward in the trouble that you went to to play it, but it was not an easy thing to do. It was part of a ritual. You know, now, lots of things like making a cup of tea, the, the ritual of doing, you know, I've, I've yeah. never been a, a smoker, but I think when you smoke a pipe, there's yeah. just as much enjoyment comes from tamping the tobacco down yeah. and getting your favorite lighter. Uh-huh. But uh, the part of the ritual of playing an album, certainly I have nostalgia for it, uh-huh. but boy, I don't miss the downside. Now, now, did you, when you put the album on, did you have a place to display the cover so people would know what album was on there? You know, some people had that, so you almost like you did in a record store. Yeah. No, know? I didn't have a formula. I, I remember people that had almost like a little ledge that would, yeah. would hold it or a right. frame that you could sl- yes. slide it uh-huh. into. Yeah. Never got that fancy yeah, uh-huh. at the A-Byte house. And, you know, there were people that were on the opposite side of the spectrum from what George just described who didn't do any of the prep, do any, just put the album on and went. And usually there's like four or five, you know, naked vinyl albums sitting on uh, top of each other. I still other. cringe at the thought of an album yeah. outside. You know, at the very least, put it in the liner. Okay. Even if you don't put it back in the cover, yeah. the cardboard cover, yeah. at least protect that. Did you leave the plastic dust. on or did you take the plastic I off? I would take the plastic yeah. off because, you know, at least the rumor was that That's it, would, right. it would shrink and That's warp the album. That's where I was going with that. Because, you yeah. know, you could, this vinyl, if it got too hot and, you know, in Mississippi, where we grew yeah. up, it got hot yeah. a lot, and you would bend the album, oh, yeah. and then there most goes of the your most of the vinyl. Bucks. Yeah, most of the vinyl that we have is warped now because it was left somewhere where it got too warm. Yeah. And so, and you know, the other thing too is you'd come in and you'd have, like, if you had a roommate in college or when you got married, you know, you would bring your vinyl collections together. So you'd have some crossover, and you'd say, okay, which album is in the better shape? That's exactly, the one we'll listen yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, and people would write their names on the album to make sure that if they took them somewhere to some, you know, party where you're, you're all listening to albums that, you know, you made sure you got yours back. Um, did you ever, did you ever digitize any of your vinyl? You know, the, I, I would say the closest thing to that would be recording it to cassette, cassette but okay. never to digital. And yeah. I don't know that I even ever had the gear yeah. to do that. Uh, uh, Phil used to do that. He would take his and put his and, and had a... A device that hooked into his uh, laptop and can digitize them yeah. that way. And there's there's software you can get that will help you identify and break those things into separate tracks, you know. But uh, yeah, I never did any of that either. But and, I will say, you know, once stereo cassette recorders became more common, yeah, and we got those. You know, the first time you played an album, you would record it to cassette, and then only uh-huh. play the cassette until it yeah. wore out. You know, the album was kind of your repository, your master track. Yeah, and then the cassette was much more durable. You would take it in your car, and 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 that became the the everyday format for me. Right, but for some reason, I hated buying music recorded on a cassette. Well, you gave me grief one time for doing that. (laughs) I went to visit George. Uh, Among many other things, I'll give you grief. This is the one I'm calling you out for. Uh, I think I bought the Police Synchronicity cassette uh, on the way too little to listen to it because I wanted to hear it right away. And he goes, oh, it's new gratification. You should have bought this on vinyl. <laughs> not to mention, you know, not to mention the fact that had I bought it on vinyl, I wouldn't be able to hear it. And probably just in the drive over, it would have warped, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. just because it's so hot. I probably mainly wanted it on vinyl so that I could, I could record it. Too. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, we would go, I can remember going, uh, cause we were buying vinyl still up until, you know, we had graduated college yeah. i mean uh cds didn't come around until 83 84 yeah, something, something like and, that. and they were no, still no, no, even later than that the players were pretty expensive you know i think it was <laughs> yeah. uh 
My first CD player was a wedding gift from my brother. It was in 86. Yeah, see, I was thinking 86, 87 was when yeah. we actually had one. Uh, I think the technology... When, when more than just the highest audio file, right. money was no right. object, yeah. was really into them. But I can remember going shopping you know, with like college buddies, and we would say, all right, you buy this album, I'll buy this album, and then we'll get together and record it. Yeah. Now, the cassette links were... You know, you, to put a whole album on there, you needed to do a 45-minute, 90-minute cassette, 45 to a side. And some of them were a little longer than that. So you kind of do, is there, is there a cut I can sacrifice or am I just going to have it end at this, you know, this yeah. time? So you kind of had to think all those things through. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's what, that's what you did. Now, you, you also mentioned recording off of the radio and skips. And I can remember, I don't know if you do, you and I were both at uh, mutual friends of ours, another guy of a certain age, Don Conley, uh, who was going to record, I think it was a Mac McAnally album off of, uh, and they, they played it like at midnight or yeah. something. It was very <laughs> odd yeah. times too, for sure. But the album, and I'm sure it was the first time they played it. You know, I think they made a big ceremony of opening the album up and playing it, right? Yeah. Maybe not. But um, anyway, it had a skip on the first track. So Don had it all set up to record and, you know, everything's ready and he's just timing it. I think they counted you down yeah. or something so you could do it. And he hits record and <laughs> and it's like, I can't believe there's a skip. And I'm saying, what do you want for nothing, man? Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> but uh, so there were some, uh, there were some hazards to the, uh, to the vinyl stuff. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, while I miss the ritual of, of kind of playing the vinyl, I certainly don't miss the downside of uh, scratches and wear and the yeah. size and, yeah. and just the, the hassle of it. So yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm almost a pure digital guy now, um, mm. unless something is not available on Spotify or Apple music. Uh, I rarely even play a CD. Yeah. Now. That's yeah. right. All right. Well, George, thanks for being back on. Thanks Welcome. for having me back. Hart. Third timers club now. So, you know, Do I get a jacket or is that still, you got to be five yeah, times uh, yeah, like yeah. SNL. Yeah. Five times you get All a right. robe. That's All right. right. So, uh, Note to self, don't ask George back more than two more times, more than one more time. But uh, glad to have you here. And thanks, everybody, for listening to this remote version of Guys of a Certain Age. We'll be back with you soon. And make sure you like and subscribe. Thanks a lot. Thanks.